Welcome to The Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And, and I have a special guest here today. You do. You do have a special guest. It was all you to say, who set this up. Today we're doing Rafe Hollister Sings. And we wanted to bring in somebody with a background in music education who had been a music teacher and a choir director and a voice coach. And I racked my brain. I called local high schools. I checked with everybody. And then I went, oh, wait a minute. My mother's a music teacher and a choir director. So she's here today with us. Kathy Talent. Hi, Mom. Hi. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Mom. You pretty much said it all, Erin. I was an elementary music teacher. I retired two years ago. And I, I during that time, I always worked in churches, was choir director. Sometimes I had adult choirs or handbell choirs, children's choirs, also would sing as part of my responsibilities there. And recently, about six months ago, retired from that. So now I am fully retired. And as you mentioned, I sometimes taught voice privately during that time. So I'm sorry it took so long for you to think of me. <laughs> does Aaron have a nice voice? Yes, he does. A nice singing voice? Singing voice. Yeah. Oh, a nice singing voice? Yes, he does. No, no I do not. That is, <laughs> yeah, that is just not, that is simply not true, true at all. Now, there's an interesting story about that. I was always Aaron's music teacher in elementary school. So when he got to high school, he started singing in the choir. And I don't know if he got an award for being most improved or if his high school choir director just mentioned how much he'd improved because probably she said something like up until that time, he probably never had a teacher who really worked with him. And of course, that teacher was me. So <laughs> it was uh, it was somebody. It was a teacher who was a very nice person, but not always the most couth. Uh, was not the most couth person at times. Not like, always tactful. Not always tactful. I also want to most improved. It's such a backhanded compliment. It's so tough. Well, it's just, it was it was like I was most improved, and I thought, well, it's not like you're going to invite me to be in show choir. I had to take this <laughs> as a um, as a mandated as a mandated course. So that was that was the only reason I was I was doing it. And uh, yeah, yeah, but the show choir that was that was that was that was that was those were the best in her in her in her class or in the school. You know what this seems like. So, Aaron, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Dave Grohl from cradle to stage. This is like the podcast season two of that, right? We're like up and comers in the pod, you know, the rock stars of the podcast world invite their moms and find out, you know, what about their childhood led them to, to be such extreme successes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's 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 exactly what what this is. We are you and Tom Morello. I've always thought are very yeah, similar. one in the same, which I was actually listening to Tom Morello. He's got his own serious stationery. He's got his own show on Sirius. And he was talking about something in high school where he got basically brought in the ACLU so he could write about issues with Iran Contra and the school paper and in the 80s. And it was a it was I mean, he, he was he was militant at a very at a very young age. Meanwhile, I was working on improving my voice skills <laughs> in, 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 in chorus. So, Mom, as a voice, as a and watching this episode, were there any top line thoughts that came to you as far as how? I mean, obviously, the show is 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 as much about it's as much, this episode is as much about being what people's perceptions and people being snobby and being and judging people as much as it is about as it is about 
singing, but have there ever been instances where you've had somebody either in school or in the choir where it was you, you, they weren't maybe necessarily classically trained and nobody had really worked with worked with them, but it was clear they just had an amazing singing voice. Yeah, I think teachers all the time come across people who are just natural talents and. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's all that unusual. It's I, I think maybe it used to be more of a thing than it is now because now we're bombarded by sounds and you have seven and eight year old little girls belting out. I'm showing my showing my age here, belting out, let it go. You know, I'm sure they're belting out other things now. I think they're later. still shouting out, let it go. I think, <laughs> think they are. They're never going to let that one go. <laughs> no, but my but and, you know, so. So somewhat, you know, but I'm I'm sure there are situations of people just back in the hills, and, you know, like Coda, you know, Did, have yeah. y'all seen Coda? That's oh, kind of what to. that's about, just this, you know, just this raw talent that gets to, that gets developed by her teacher. He sees something, so. Oh. Yeah, well, if folks are ready, we'll go ahead and dive in. I'm ready. All right, this episode first aired on February 11th, 1963. And we open at the jail with Barney doing his vocals to Gales. And Andy decides to be passive aggressive to get him to stop, just saying, I'm making so much noise with the filing. I don't want you to interrupt you. You should go. You should go somewhere else. Obviously, it doesn't register with Barney. And it turns out he's going to try out for a vocal audition for the ladies musical. And he is hopeful that his cold doesn't get down to his larynx so he can um, so he can so he can basically participate. And it is one of these things where, you know, you kind of feel like this is one where Andy and Barney just got, you know, Andy and Don Knotts just ended up, you know, getting this. This seems like one that they could just do. They totally. could do at parties. It, it feels like the kind of, you know, it's more elaborate than this. But we've talked a lot specifically in, you know, these like little two minute fillers where they fill the episode. Like you just have great back and forth and they're having fun with it and it keeps going. I thought it was hilarious. I uh, wanted to, to know, like. Kathy, did you ever have, like, what would you do if you got sick and singing? Because, I mean, I, I'm still, you know, have a little bit of a, a raspy voice um, right now. And I feel like it just changes, changes everything. I was thinking about, I thought that might be where I was going with this question about crazy things that singers do. Because what was Barney, Hot Water and Honey, was that what he was doing? Yeah. And, of course, Lemon, and there's all kinds of things like Singer's Friend and throat coat and when I was in high school singers would get chloroseptic and they and just deaden their deaden because it was kind of like mm -hmm. you know doesn't doesn't it like take care of the sore throat so that you can't feel it mm -hmm. and so if, if you couldn't feel your sore throat you could sing above it so I was thinking about all the crazy things singers do I think probably just hot tea with lemon is the best thing or hot water with lemon probably is even better uh, just keep I it lubricated I have no idea how I heard this story, but when Ben Platt was on Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway, he was completely mute outside of the show to protect his voice because he was doing so many shows a week and it was so exhausting that he didn't speak for, for like months on end unless it was something that was in the show. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, I can see that. You know, there's uh, off, often <laughs> I just read where Leah Michelle's going in to funny girl and she's not going to do Thursday performances to rest. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, uh, and on Thursday we rest Thursday, we rest and the understudy goes in. 
I um, ended up going to see uh, White Snake a few years ago at the Fillmore in uh, Silver <laughs> Spring. Such Maryland. a pivot out of this. Is, no, this is not a pivot. This is not a pivot. David Coverdale has one of the great singing voices in rock, and he was still there. He's sick. He was sixty-five at the time, and he was still performing. And he had a big thing of hot tea sitting on the stage, and he would sip from it between songs. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I I will still say I don't think anyone's ever talked about Lee Michelle on uh, Broadway and then gone to White Snake at the Fillmore. I do stand by that. It may be a first in the history of podcasts. <laughs> so Barney goes back to the back and in comes Rafe Hollister with a basket of string beans for a dinner. Aunt B is leading the preparation of, and Barney comes out with Andy's guitar and asks him to help him practice. And he tries to sing, "Believe me, if all these endearing young charms." And he's terrible. And Rafe tells him that's not the way the song goes. I mean, it's obviously clear Jack Prince, the actor who portrayed him, is a is a trained singer. But Jack Prince just when he starts singing, um, it's I mean, even just doing the doing just the little singing that he does at the beginning, it's clear that he's very good. And then Andy invites Rafe to sing along with Barney. And it turns out he's really good. And Andy asks Barney to take him to the tryouts. I get some of the characters confused have we met Rafe before yeah Rafe was a moonshiner what was I'm trying to think of what Rafe did Rafe was a moonshiner in a couple of in at least one episode the same season earlier on he was also well here's the one where he's actually really a a major character in this episode is the one where the county nurse wants him to get his tetanus shot and he won't do it oh yeah okay so I mean I just brought this up because that was a while ago I mean this is a they have this they probably found out that he could sing and then wrote this episode to follow. That's my understanding. I mean, I haven't read anything in the notes on that, but yeah, it seems like they did write this around him. And, now, and, and he was also on Broadway with Andy Griffith and Destry, Destry rides again. So Andy was aware of his, of his chops, of his singing chops. Was that what, were you, was that what you were going to say, mom? Yeah. You just, yeah. You completely stole my thunder there. And thank you. Would you I like was, to say? I don't. Well, no, I don't. I have nothing you, else to say. Would you, would you, he was in Destry. He was in Destry Rides again with Andy Griffith, and that's like so many of Andy Griffith's friends that he brought on the show later. Jack Prince was one of them. So, I found that very interesting that that he that uh, Jack Prince had some Broadway credits. I I didn't realize that. I just always thought he'd been a character actor on TV, but apparently his singing career was quite something. Yeah, sounds sounds like it. So Barney says he's worried about Rafe embarrassing himself. And and basically he says, Rafe, are you even going to know what to do if somebody asks you to sing acapella? And Rafe says, nope. And then but then Andy asks Barney what he's what he's going to do, what he would do if he's told to sing acapella. And Barney just starts singing acapella in the La Cucaracha. <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, Tula Cucaracha. So it's like he doesn't even know what it means, but he keeps carrying on. And it's clear like Rafe's starting to get a little offended. And he's kind of like, all right, I'll show you. And he decides to go to the barn. He decides to go to the tryouts and show Barney. I also love how Andy leans into it throughout this whole way. He can see how much it's bothering him. Yeah. It's excellent. Yeah. And so at the jail, later at the jail, Opie is sweeping and Barney is telling Andy how great he did at the tryouts and I mean you know we all know he did not do great but in comes John Masters saying they found an amazing voice in Rafe Hollister and Barney is clearly dejected and then he turns out he says he tried to sing a song called Kirabirabin 
and or cheer a beer bin. And that's a polka song. And it was turned. And he said, yeah, they just, it, they, they weren't feeling it. They made me stop midway. So it was like, it was that bad, <laughs> but Barney just doesn't pick up on it. Well, so Kathy, did you ever do like end of the year programs or anything like that, where you'd have kids that auditioned and you had to find a place to yes. kind of hide them yes. in the show? Yes, we always, yeah, we did. That was a big deal. The end of the year program. We had this joke that like you'd have dancing cookies if you weren't that good. <laughs> a little bit like in Love Actually when there's like the lobster at, at the birth of Jesus. The, the lobster uh, at the birth of Jesus. Yeah, that, that manger was pretty full of all God's creatures. Wasn't it? The, um, and then later, Andy is summoned to Mayor Stoner's office. And Mayor Stoner is just... So irate that Rafe will be representing Mayberry in this event, as, as well as Miss Hammond. And it's just, you know, this is a, yet another thing where Mayor Stoner is just, as usual, being a putz. He needs to get over himself on this. You know, I think we had an episode recently where we liked it, where we, I, where I understood his value in the show. And this time, I think we slide back a little bit into Stoner kind of being a superfluous character that I don't think carries it along too much. Well, he's also just never struck me as a realistic. I mean, if he was a, he's not a good politician, a good politician would figure out a way to do this and not offend, offend anybody. He's often he's often guys so not vaccinated. Just get the measles. <laughs> Release the measles. No, he got his shot. He's he's gotten his shots. So that's the whole point of the story is he got he ended up deciding to get the tetanus shot. I'll go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, you need to yeah, it clearly stayed with you. And the and then Mayor Stoner is upset and he tells Andy to go tell Rafe that the award is that they're basically going to rescind the offer for him to do that and give it to somebody else. And Andy's not happy about it. And we go to commercial. I get it. I totally get it. I get it, too. Yeah. Do you think um, he would go on like how do, how does Andy show up? Does he sh- he shows up like with cuffs and just like says, like, is it like a show of force? Is he trying to intimidate him that he doesn't get to show up? It's did it's you, a weird role for 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 Mr. Andy Andy Taylor. Did you did you you watch the rest of the episode, right? Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> Just want to make sure because he does he does show up. But since we're in the break, what we're going to do is list. I'm going to list five of my favorite singers in honor of this episode, and so is Christopher if he did his homework. I did do my homework. Are you going to go first? You go first. So I actually had a hard, I had a hard time with this. Just quick frame. So like, I have like someone I would put in the white snake category, but like, I don't know if they're a great singer, but I like great music. I'm kind of, I went by, do I really like their voice? Okay. So I'm open music. to challenges then. Okay. I would say. All right. That's fair. So number and we do countdowns, right? We're doing countdowns. I'm going to start. We're going to go on the Broadway train. Heather Headley. She was in Aida in the nineties amazing voice it gives me goosebumps and it puts me in such a good mood mine my number five is brian johnson who is the second lead singer of acdc now he has kind of his voice is not what it used to be so i'm going with brian johnson on back in black and for those about to rock on those two albums i don't know if you've listened to either one of those albums christopher but he just belts it in in that in the on those albums I did do a, uh, I did watch a, a recent video and this person is on my list. So maybe I'll just put them at four. I'll do it 
slight reframe here, but Carrie Underwood recently went on stage for an ACDC concert and I watched a YouTube video of it, but I put Carrie Underwood there as uh, number four. I think she went on stage for a Guns N' Roses concert. Oh, I'm glad you know that though. You saw the same video. I did. Well, I saw the same news story. I didn't see the video. This is not great. <laughs> so number four for me would be Prince because he could sing in all kinds of vocal ranges and the and I was always even you know, and, and and an amazing music, musician, but an amazing also I think an amazing vocalist. I'm gonna go Dave Grohl, big Dave fan Grohl. of the Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, really good at the rock and roll. I loved the the slide into '70s funk in the last in the last little bit. I like that. I like that. Number three for me will be David Coverdale of White Snake, who I think just had an amazing, who I think has an amazing singing voice. They were on their reunion tour, but I think illnesses within the band has forced them, have forced them to cancel their remaining shows. But if you listen to David Coverdale, he was originally, he was a lead singer for Deep Purple, and then he went and formed White Snake, and then he's done some solo work, but his voice is really what he's got. He's got a, he's got a very iconic voice. All right, I'm going to go cliche. I'm going to put Paul McCartney. I think his voice carries some of the most character into his singing. That's just just beautiful. Let's see. I agree. That's hard to argue with. Number two for me is Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship and Starship. And the Jeffersons. Not the not quite the the I they um. None of those bands are my favorite bands, but Grace Slick just had almost like an iconic voice that just, you know, it's it's just hard to hard to forget. And so that would be number two for me. This is tough because I don't know any of yours, um, but maybe you don't know this one. This is a like a folk artist, Josh Ritter. I think he sings poetry, builds amazingly throughout songs, starts off, goes forward, can do fast syncopation. Really, really a stunning artist and singer. I do know Josh Ritter, yes. And I'm going to guess maybe you know this one and maybe you don't. Number one for me is Chris Cornell. Who I do know Chris Cornell. Oh, amazing. His um, little acoustic sessions? Yeah. Stunning. Great, yeah. great suggestion. Yeah, no, he, and he, and, you know, and, for, and tragically he took his own life and I, they talked about some of his mental health issues, but he was always one that I said, you can't sing that way, in my opinion, and and you can't anybody who can see who, who can let who can belt it out like that and sing that way has got to be troubled in some sort of in some sort of fashion just amazing amazing yeah. mom who are some of your favorite singers well i like frank i mean you know i'm talking i like the crooners i like cabaret style singing and musical theater that was what i really enjoy listening to frank sinatra there's a singer named barbara cook that i love she was original Marion and music man and she sang into her 80s and I've always loved everything she did I like when I was young I listened to Linda Ronstadt well I still would except they're not singing much anymore Linda Ronstadt and Carly Simon those just some and I like Paul McCartney he was recently in Knoxville and uh, which is where I am and I did not go see him but a lot of my friends did, and they said it was just pretty amazing still. My, I, I don't know a lot of Linda Ronstadt, but there's I had Kermit unplugged when I was little, and there was one song where the Muppets would get on and be like, Linda Ronstadt, and then they do a song. <laughs> Very good. That really sounds like a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
So after the break, we're at Rafe's house and his wife is telling Andy how proud she is of him. And Rafe comes in and he's clearly happy and Andy can't bring himself to tell Rafe. And back at Mayor Stoner's office, Andy is getting chewed out and Mayor Stoner says he's responsible. Andy's basically saying, I'm not going to tell I'm not going to tell Rafe he's not doing this and we can clean him up if that's what you're worried about. And Mayor Stoner says he's responsible for Rafe's appearance. And so Rafe comes just just to clarify what I was saying, like what I was trying to say is that there's like a weird this is a weird role for the sheriff to play. Like, is Andy in here as like a concerned citizen or representative that then uses some sheriff techniques or like this is also like we've talked before about the overreach about and the chain of command. But like, why would the sheriff be involved in this? I mean, I don't know. I would I would have to imagine, you know, eventually Andy. Andy leaves in later in in the in the spinoff series Mayberry RFD and goes and finds a new job somewhere else. And I firmly believe that it wasn't just the show changing. It was Mayor Stoner. He just got fed up with Mayor Stoner. <laughs> I got to get up. He's got to go. I, Seriously, how long does the Mayor Stoner stay with us? I think Mayor Stoner, I don't recall Mayor Stoner being in any color episode. So I think he's with us for maybe another season. And then they just kind of scrapped the the mayor character. I mean, Dick Elliott had like a just a humorous way of just playing Mayor Pike. I mean, he was great. And partly Bear just the way they've written written Mayor Stoner is he's just kind of a one trick pony. And, you know, he's kind of there just to be obnoxious and silly a lot of the time and just kind of a, a, a kind of a, a thorn in Andy's side. And, you know, and we always joke, I mean, like, you know, I know mom can, uh, mom can attest to this as far as being in Knox County, how sheriffs generally kind of just look at the rest of the, um, of the authority and, and, and especially in city authority and just kind of say, yeah, I'm not going to do what you ask me to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And that's the funny thing about the way Andy is in this and, you know, the dynamic between Andy and Mayor Stoner. Still alive today. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kathy. That's, that's all right. Well, I and, and I kind of hate that. Because you've talked about Parley Bear on previous episodes when you had the Gunsmoke people on. Well, that's, but he was such a great character actor and worked for such a long time. And I just, I hate it that his character on this was so, didn't, didn't really showcase what he could do as an actor. I saw him on an episode of the Golden Girls, um, a couple of, you know, it was on in reruns and he was, he was pretty funny on that. He had a running. He was a running character on the Ozzy and Harriet show, and I mean, he he just he did so much. So, so yeah, I so I agree with you that he's really obnoxious, and I don't think he brings much to to the table as no. far as as far as the series is concerned. Yeah. Well, so Rafe later Rafe comes in to the show, to the jail with a coat and tie. And overalls, over over overalls, and Andy sends them on, and then tells which Barney they're overalls. <laughs> Miss joke. Oh, dun 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 dun. Um, and then, and then, basically, Andy says, "Mayor, they bar- tells Barney they need to buy him a new suit." Rafe comes back in, and Andy convinces Rafe that when he arrested him for moonshining a while back. They left a suit of clothes when he was arrested and he needs to wear them. And at the music hall, Rafe comes out wearing a suit and he's just really uncomfortable. And it's and it's clearly, you know, you know, 
and you know he's it's obviously the it's it's a tight fitting suit already but he's clearly uncomfortable and then mayor stoner and miss jeffrey see him in his suit and they tell andy that'll be good enough but he shouldn't associate with anyone which i'm kind of like sitting there like he looks nicer and rafe looks nicer in his suit than mayor stoner does mayor stoner often looks like he slept in his suit and this is all within earshot of rafe's wife and which is just really tacky and she because she's clearly hurt and, and actually jack prince said that he was really impressed with Kay stewart's performance as his wife so that um just just the emotion just in that bit part the emotion and that she showed oh really yeah but andy's andy hears this and he is just done placating mayor stoner and mrs jeffries he's, he's just had it and Aaron, do you skew to like a bagger suit or do you like the hipster suit I skew more towards a baggier suit. Got it. Got it. I, I, I just, I, I only asked because I just had some pants hemmed and I went for the hipster above the ankle. Look, just yeah. small. When you're stocky, you don't necessarily go for, um, you don't, you just go, go shorter. <laughs> you don't go for things that make your clothes look more ill-fitting than they, than they necessarily <laughs> are. That's uh, you kind of, you try to avoid those if you can possibly help it. Got it. So at the performance, Rafe comes out in his overalls and Andy is going to play guitar. Mayor Stoney, basically Mayor Stoner and, and Miss Jeffrey start to say something. And Andy shuts them down immediately. Rafe sings and everyone is so impressed, so much so that he's asked to play another song and we go to commercial. And in the epilogue, Barney is doing his scales and says next year he's going to win. He asks Andy to play Crawdad Hole, and which everybody knows. and mm-hmm. OB, and it's obviously the way Barney's singing it is just not in key. It's not, in t- I mean, it's just completely off, but Opie has to jump in and correct him. And Barney storms off and the show ends with Andy and Opie singing. Do you think we could get our, oh, I like the ending. I don't have much to say about it other than like, I feel like we should get the guy that did the opening electric guitar to do the crowd at hole. We could do an outro, play it out. Well, it's something to think about. That's uh, something I'm going to have to do. I mean, you're not going to do it. So ideas are all up here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's OK. Oh, thanks. I'll I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so there's a lot of music numbers in this show. Harvey Bullock, who wrote the script, said that you were your scripts that he turned in were normally 36 pages. But this one was only 30 pages. Really? Yeah. Simple, simple. Just clocking around, doing the scales. I mean, do you think. <laughs> Do you think that how much do we know was ad? Like, do you think that that means any of it was ad libbed or just just tighter? And I think basically it was they they accounted for all the musical numbers. I mean, that's probably six to seven minutes of of just singing. Did they release an EP? I don't think so. So, Christopher, how many whistles would you give this? I'd give it. I'd give it a six. I thought it was it was it was nice. It was fun, but nothing too standouty for me. I think that's fair. I think that would be what I would do too. Mom, what do you, what do you, so I'll go with six. Mom, what do you think? I always rate things higher than I do, uh, would, but I, um, uh, I'd give it a five. Yeah. Excellent. It's just, I, and uh, you know, another thing with Barney not being able to sing, but last week he was singing. Okay. And, and then, you know, I, I do like to hear Jack Prince sing and, I think that's really lovely to hear him sing those folk songs. And I think there, I think there were four, you were talking about the music. I think there were four complete songs in this. Yes. So, but I did want to mention that, did you notice or did you care that 
when he was doing Mule River Train, everybody was clapping on one and three. Did that? Did you notice that or care? You didn't care. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah, notice. No. Yeah. So. This is why we needed you, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I brought that to the to the podcast. But I guess that's just because Mayberry's a little backward. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so that's why yeah, they were clapping on one and three. Yeah, that's that maybe it. Maybe it was supposed to be that you know these were all people passing judgment, and none of them knew anything about music. No. It's a good little joke the choreographer played or directed. <laughs> exactly. That, that that took, you know, 60 years for, 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 for it to be pointed out. You did it. You did well, it. I don't know about that. There may have been somebody else sometime that noticed that they weren't clapping on two and four. Any final thoughts? It's been lovely. Thanks for joining us, Kathy. Yes, thanks, well, thank Mom. You. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. I adore your son. I think he's great. Even though he speaks rudely to me on this podcast, he's quite lovely in real life. I um, I don't, I, I, I adore you. I adore you too, Christopher. And I, if it really hurts your feelings, please let's talk offline about this and maybe we can, we can work something out here. Well, Christopher, I look forward to hearing your mother on the podcast. I think we should. Yeah, I think that could happen. I think Let's that y'all ought to try to get as many family members on as possible. And I can guarantee that Aaron has relatives lining up now to be on the podcast once I have opened the door for them. Well, my mother was an English teacher. We'll pursue something along that track. Oh, man. All kinds of classrooms episodes coming up. So. Oh, yeah. 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 That'd be good. That's what we'll do then. Well, I, I look forward to hearing from all the relatives about being on the podcast. <laughs> well, thanks for we, listening. We'll do it for RFD. We'll do a reunion family, the talent family reunion. There you go. What's that? Yeah, there you go. So check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. If you think about it, subscribe next week. We'll do Opie and the spoiled kid until then, Christopher, protect your larynx. Oh, you're a bad son. 